The following podcast contains mature language and adult discussion. This week on Kayfabe, stories you're not supposed to hear. What does Vince smell like? Does he does he have a favorite cologne? <laughs> I picture he's very heavy on the cologne. No. Really like Tony Clifton like from Taxi. back to our home our home our home we share together home with uh with some good talk some good conversation food for thought maybe some entertainment you might even laugh no guarantees there but uh you know might enjoy yourself i'd be surprised to find you enjoy yourself it's uh it's a journey not promising that it's going to be art but you know what what the hell is art? I was thinking about this the other day. I was <laughs> local bookstore carrying my novels. They are very much a supporter of mine. Great local bookshop. And uh, they carry my novels. They don't carry my wrestling books, which were by far the better sellers out of the gate. I mean, for obvious reasons, people kind of knew me in this genre. So I had, I mean, one of them, Kayfabe was, uh, you know, bestseller for a very long time. And, and, but so I got to think, I was like, well, okay. So obviously the message is being sent. These are not artistically meritorious, but my works of fiction are. In the eyes of, of, of this particular bookseller. So no judgment, just rather uh, some exploration there. And then then you go to the age-old question, right? Then you go to, what is art? And God, I mean, hey, age-old discussion. I For 12 years at Kayfabe Commentaries, I was producing shows and hosting shows that were written and shot and edited and scored and had graphics and cut in such a way that would be most interesting to the viewer. But is it art? What's art? Go down your local bookstore. Everything's a fucking art if you if you listen to people. The art of cooking, the art of massage, the art of picking your ass. But what? What should have the designation? Let's be honest. We've got to start. We've got to start to to pare pare this down a little. So, art is the creation of something from nothing. So I I, I said that first. Uh, art is the creation of something from nothing. But you know what? So is taking a shit. So we've got to rework this. So it's the it's the creation of something from nothing designed to evoke. A feeling, a reaction. The creation of something from nothing designed to evoke. But then, listen, we've got to buy the canvas, you know? We've we've got to sit down and set some time apart. Uh, we've got to get the right paints. We've got to sketch it out. We've got to get out the guitar. We've got to write the song. We've got to make sure it's in the right key. So it's more than just the creation of something from nothing designed to evoke. You could do that accidentally. 
So now we've got to go another layer. So I think we're now at, and I think this is probably a fine definition, the intentional creation of something from nothing designed to evoke. You've got to be purposely engineering this medium to evoke a desired reaction. So I think art lives right there, the intentional creation of something from nothing designed to evoke. Now, I know, go through, look, walk through MoMA. It's a favorite spot of mine in Manhattan. Walk through the Museum of Modern Art. And you could have some debate, right? Listen, they're the obvious ones. You'll walk past uh, Francis Bacon. You'll walk past Water Lilies, you know, Monet. Much larger than I thought, by the way. It runs like the length of a room. But there are the obvious ones. But then there's some stuff. You're like, okay, that is shit right there. That's but, but, but. Put it through. Put it through our paradigm. Drop it in. See what comes out. Was it the intentional creation of something from nothing designed to evoke? Maybe it was supposed to make you think this is absolutely silly. Listen, isn't most pop art? What are the Campbell soup cans? I mean, we cream in our jeans when we walk into MoMA and we see Warhol stuff in person. But but what was it? It was the intentional creation of something from nothing designed to evoke a laugh, maybe? There's no big political statement behind Mallor Monroe in four different colors. But it validates his art. The intentional creation of something from nothing designed to evoke, it validates Warhol. It validates the artist from Basquiat to Bach. They all have to live in the same space if that's the definition that we are going to go with. We all agree film is art. Nobody really, I mean, there's some stuff that is maybe more meritorious than others in, in, in that designation and wearing that medal. But by that definition, does it not now validate Mean Girls on the same plane as The Godfather? It lets them both in the door. They're both at the same party. Maybe we got to decide, well, well, why do I feel differently about one than the other? We've got we've to talk about that. Charlie's Angels and Goodfellas. We, 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 we in the same ballpark here? Both the intentional creation of something from nothing designed to evoke an emotion, a response. Listen, if that's all we have to go by, then it's all Val. Then everyone's in the door. I can't, I can't live on the artistic high horse that I did in, in college anymore. I think we gotta I think we've gotta circulate the party and and talk to Jean Michel Basquiat and Sebastian Bach. Johann Sebastian Bach, by the way. But listen, Sebastian Bach uh, can can come to the intentional creation of something from nothing designed to evoke. Listen, it's all valid. If the intention was to evoke laughter. It's valid, just as is evoking tears and maybe puke. All right, at this time where horror movies based on books are coming back, It, the popularity of It, and remake of Pet Cemetery, all these Netflix series are based on thrillers. 
great new supernatural horror novel out there called Transfer by the brilliant author of fiction and nonfiction, Sean Oliver, yours truly. Transfer. The book reads a discovery called An Exceptionally Thrilling Story that builds up with a solid pace and keeps the reader immersed and emotionally invested. A four-year-old has just died in the classroom. A shocked community turns its attention to the troubled urban school for answers, and there seem to be none coming. School guidance counselor Lane Waterman, busy handling the school's grief, notices students had been transferring out of PS12 at an unusually high rate for months. Their destinations seem random, the reasons unknown. What is first suspected to be a bureaucratic conspiracy eventually reveals itself to be a far deeper and darker threat crawling through the community. Her investigation into the children's circumstances takes her far off course beyond school and into the belly of a deadly secret hidden in a forgotten urban wasteland. Can Lane put the lid on a spreading menace before the secret gets out? Turns out she's got some secrets of her own. The supernatural horror thriller will keep you guessing until the end. Step inside now. Transfer! A supernatural horror novel by Sean Oliver, available at Amazon, on Kindle, on paperback. It's Transfer. You don't need any preamble with old friends, I always say. Never. I always say. Now, what's the gimmick here? You're shooting yourself from low. Is this uh, is this a thing here? This like you're. In order to get this perspective from you, I pretty much have to have your balls in my mouth. You realize that. <laughs> in real life. Uh, typical for you, huh? I'm here with my friend Dylan. He's with Hornswoggle, Swoggle, whatever names, what other names you're going by these days. Uh, doo-doo Hands, according to Kofi and Hawkins. Right. Um, the Little Bastard. Before that was, right, that real, was before they realized that they couldn't use that. Listen, proving that wrestling is always the last one to get the memo on any anything politically correct, anything that might be hashtagged. Little, do you realize that less than ten years ago you were called little bastard by a major conglomerate in the United States, publicly traded? But yet the term midget Vince was strict upon about not using. But but little bastard, we're we're good with. God damn it, that's what you are. That's so <laughs> fucking funny. I love it. Listen, um, you have a book out, don't you? I do. Uh, Life is short and so am I. It's crazy. It is, this it isn't is, a WWE uh, publication, is it? Huh? This isn't a WWE publication, is it? No, uh, no, ECW Press. Okay, so uh, you can tell the truth they... here. Good. <laughs> did, you, did you hold back? Are, is, there, is there a tendency not... To show where all the bodies are buried, because um, come on, let's so, be honest. Yeah, yeah, no, fully honest, full honesty. I, I have no, I have no reason to be bitter. In all reality, I have no reason to be bitter. I, I, the only like negative stuff I said about the company was about, you know, having me at home here and there for times on end, and then. Other times, you know, uh, you know, when I'm pitching to creative, trying to get on the road and trying to be part of the team, hating sitting on the bench, and the only other thing was how they handled the drug testing, the the drug failure, quote right. unquote. But those, other than that, I have nothing to be negative about. It, it's, and I didn't want to be the usual, typical, uh, just 
negative, bitter wrestling book. How the hell are you going to sell a book, for God's sakes? Well, what, what was the one thing that you went... Because, you know, there were a few times in, in my first book, Kayfabe, where I went, oh, am I going to... But you know what? I decided that I can't write a book if I'm going to sit there and hem and haw. I just can't think about it. I just have to put everything on paper and let the chips fall where they may. What were those moments for you? Uh, actually, like, non-wrestling. It was talking about my mom and about how horrible she was when I was a kid and leaving, literally leaving my life and all that stuff. Um, that was going... I always went back and forth about how much detail I would go into and I just decided kind of fuck it like this is my life and this is my story and it was almost at times it was almost a uh, a self counseling yeah it's therapy uh, yeah yeah and, and it was just like man this is this is I'm finally letting it all out did you ever do therapy did you ever have to talk to anyone uh, my dad had me do it like any you know kid whereas that you know his mom would leave his life and any kid who did really shitty in school uh he had me see a count like the school counselor but oh. i i used it as a way to get out of class but like like handling um not even no. just so much the the family stuff or the little person stuff just like handling fame like no and that's the crazy thing too is i uh i was 20 years old and traveling the world I at that point I was I was on one plane in my life, and then I was traveling weekly on flights. Right. And, uh, just crazy. It's crazy. But you 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 adjusted. I think I realized I had to. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to live my dream. What's the rat action? I mean, we always hear like it doesn't exist, and all the guys from the modern era have told me, you know, the the guys go back and play video games. But you're kind of in in a unique position because um, because of your stature, it's yeah. it's a little different. It's kind of like like getting Gene Simmons with the makeup on in 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 for a chick in in the uh if i could just be completely misogynistic and say the word chick um in the locker room in, in the uh, dressing room at a kiss show yep. you're the you're the attraction in a way man i wish that females thought that way <laughs> no it wasn't like it wasn't like no i man it wasn't i, I loved like i loved to go out and drink and and, and have fun with the guys but I've, I've seen never... some. I've seen some of that. Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, there's a lot of stories out there and a lot of true ones. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, man. It, I, I just it never was a big deal for me. Okay. Just figured. Listen, you know, you're the you're the one guy that would walk into a room these days in this in this roster and look different. I mean, most of the guys were very generic, and I'm sure oh. there was some discussion among the ladies, like. Is it true what they say? Is it really as big? You know, kind of yeah, like an Andre the Giant thing. An Andre the Giant thing. I figured you would have gotten all the rats in 2009 that Andre would have gotten in 78. Oh, fuck, I wish. I wish. What is your favorite Kayfabe commentaries release? Uh, Jim Cornette Timeline, 97. Yeah, you met him, right? Didn't we? Uh, didn't we facilitate a meeting between you and Corny? No, I met him randomly at a 
at a random indie show finally, and I, the first thing I said to him was, "I am such a fan of yours." Yeah. Because you don't give a shit. Ha! That's so. Oh, I thought that yeah, was on the yeah. set of a. I thought that was on the set of a of a of a territories of a of a back to the territories. No, or something. it no. didn't. It we ended up, it ended up like I don't think. Maybe. I thought you were with me that weekend, and you were like, "Dude, can I just meet Jim?" And he he kind of popped for you, more than you popped for him, from what I remember. But I listen. I think the, you're right. The Actually, KC years were a blur. I, no, I do think you're right. But I also remember telling him uh, at an indie sh- at that indie show because I didn't think I ever met him before. And Jesus, vodka yeah. and concussions do it's, that to your I, mind. It's all the, it's all the hits to the head. Um, Am I am I in the book by any chance? Because I facilitated that meeting. I, I, would, I would at least like to be covered with the man who lets you meet one of your idols, for for God's sakes. Yes, in the very very closing credits, I think in the very small print. Okay, the the, the very in, invisible print. I, I, listen, I was I was nineteen months at number one on the Amazon wrestling category. It's like being the prettiest girl in jail. Well, um, I'm I'm I am two days at number one as of now and it's pretty fucking awesome it's pretty good right it's pretty good 19 months brother all right so um your relationship with wwe now yeah is there one how often do they reach out uh i mean since i've been released they've reached out twice and it's uh i can't ask for more than that in all reality like I the day I got released, I messaged Stephanie McMahon and I said, I messaged her and I said, thank you to you and your family for letting me be a part of uh, and live my dream for the last ten years, and also thank you for letting me make my son so proud. And she very very quickly, like much quicker than I would have thought or even imagined or. I didn't even expect to get an email back. She uh, reached back out and said, thank you for what you've done. And, you know, all these years, you and your son will always be a part of our family. Right. What does Vince smell like? Does he Does he have a favorite cologne? <laughs> I picture he's very heavy on the cologne. Like no. Really like Tony Clifton-like from Taxi, if anyone remembers. I, I, I don't know. I don't remember any cologne smell... Probably just like an old guy, like like you right. know, just kind of like like mothballs. Yeah, see, I see. I thought I thought he'd be he'd be like some canoe or he, something. Like that. I remember we were doing a backstage with me, him, and Coach, and he we did it for the first take, and he proceeded to proceed to take uh, L mints out of his pocket and give them to Coach and go, "Hey, you need these." That's tremendous. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> Oh God! As big a dick as we hear sometimes, Vince, you work very closely with him with that angle. He's not a dick. Like, he's only a dick if you think you should be used more than you were. That's the only reason I feel people say he's a dick. Right. Selfishly, people call him a dick. I feel. Uh, yeah, yeah. If I feel he's like any boss, you do. You do what's asked of you to the mo- You know, to the best of your ability. He's, he's going to be happy with you. Right. Okay. That works. Um, this may seem crazy, but I think you have a great advantage in that particular business being a little person. Okay. Do you not? Uh, how so? 
because it's kind of like when Tony Atlas talked about being the black guy in the locker room in the seventies, like other, other, he, sometimes he said he felt a racism from other black guys because it was like, Hey, you look like me. So you're going to get my spot. Maybe how many guys come into the locker room that look like you and can work. Right. Tarita. Well, but that's a whole other thing. You I mean, so fucking good. <laughs> I thought I, thought I once he got once I heard he got hired, I was like, no, I'm, I'm getting fired any day, any day, and that was like legitimately, um, probably the most depressing moment of my WWE career. You seriously, when, you you thought you felt threatened? You didn't see? Oh my God, Angle for a year and a half. No, because I pitched it to him a, a month later, and they said. Nope, Vince doesn't want to do it because it's too easy. Uh, but yeah, no, it was that was the most depressing I ever was there. You become friends with him? Very, very quickly. Yeah, very quickly. Um, we would go out when we were on tour because we were. I mean, it was just we were working random six mans or eight mans, and we'd be on tour, and he would say, "One night, you get one night tequila." And so one night of the tour, I got to he would drink with me. Just tequila, and we'd sit in the back of the bus. Him and I, I'd buy a bottle of tequila literally just for him and I. And it was just, he would try to teach me Spanish. I would try to teach him English. But we, it was fun. It was, we ended up being very close friends. People often ask me, one of the questions I get sometimes about, you know, I've done how many thousands of hours of programming, right, with Harley Race, Bruno San Martino, but what are the questions I get, right? What does everybody drink? So, and I distinctly remember your request was Tito's Vodka. <laughs> yeah, Tito's Vodka. Is that still your gimmick? Yeah. Uh, I I hit nine holes of golf today, and I had to have a Tito's Vodka. But it's, uh, yeah, I it's the like one of the, if not the, quote-unquote, healthiest vodkas. And I you drink that in water, mixed with water. And and you're, you're on the road to... Uh... To total health. Um, you and I got along very, very well, very quickly. I, I don't Sorry. know how I started talking to you uh, um, through somebody, and they were like, oh, he's a fan. Send, send some DVDs. So, And then we talked while you were with the company, and obviously you couldn't do anything, but um, when you came out, it was almost – I got the sense that like I wasn't even with a worker. I was just with another fan, and we were yeah. going we to talk wrestling for a while. You You were very – very real. Do you get that a lot from people? Um, so, you know, you worked with Hawkins too. And I think he and I are the exact same people in the end. Yeah. We're just wrestling fans. Yeah. Like this is, he has living. better hair though. Than oh, he you. has much better hair. Yeah. And like, and he's making a lot better money right now. Are you, now what are you going with? Cause you got long, I'm going to describe to people here. You have a very long beard. The hair is is quite no, long as well. Is this for a movie? The, Are you doing hair, a film? The hair is long, but it's very. I have. I got a big ass forehead because I'm losing it. But you're. I mean, you look like you're preparing for a film. Maybe you're playing Hagar the Horrible or something in in, in an upcoming film. No, this is not true. Knew it. Uh, I think I'm. I'm gonna go out for a lesbian soccer mom role. Right. You got. You got to buy Birkenstocks for your feet. Um, <laughs> what's your favorite pejorative for a little person? pejorative yeah i mean do you like like if if you if you have to have somebody really get your blood boiling would it be midget would it be uh what, what would it be 
Oh, I love the word midget. That's right. Oh, am. you like that? Um, what about a dwarf? What would piss you off? Nothing. Patting me on the head fucking irritates me. Who does that? Uh, it's it's happened, and it, fans fans do it. Like fans will say to me, "Oh my god, you really are small." Well, no shit. Like, did you fucking think I was gonna be big show? Like, what the fuck? Fucking idiots sometimes. Oh, brother. Or I'll have them, like, if it's kids, it's one thing. But I've, I'll have adults ask me to stand up for photos. Hey, can you just stand up next to me to do you know like height comparison? Oh, sure. oh, because you're seated and they want in the picture that you're a midget. <laughs> A yeah, little person, a little midget, whatever. People don't know that Hornswoggle is a midget. <laughs> but, well, it's kind of uh, like, you know, it's like asking Abby doctor, to take doctor, out the fork. Doctors and lawyers, as Vince always told us, our fans are doctors and lawyers. Oh, is that what he would say? That's what yeah. he thinks. He hasn't he, he hasn't that, walked through the audience. A, he said that in a meeting one time. Did the room we, just fall out immediately? Like We literally kind of all... I. I you could hear this like under the breath <gasps> come on but like everyone without looking at each other because it was him talking and doing the meeting we're, we were looking at each other wow yeah um i i reached out to 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 hawkins he hasn't written me back he does a podcast right he does a a podcast about uh collecting uh, collectibles wrestling figures yeah. yeah that's fascinating i would love to have him on um he, yeah he's uh he and they're killing it. Him and Ryder are absolutely killing yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I got to text him again. Does he have the same number? Is he avoiding me? Yeah. Because he, see, he fears I'm competition at this point? Probably. You know, probably. No. He's, he's uh, it's, I think, same number, yeah. All right. Um, all right, so no no favorite pejorative for, for a little person. How about a black? Next question. Asian. Uh, next one. Um, I almost contacted you for my book, Father's Blood. It was about, I profiled how workers managed to have a life on the road while yeah. having kids. And the only reason I didn't was I had to cut off. I didn't think like past the 90s, it was the same thing. It was a little different. The road schedule, the perception of wrestling, what growing up as Kevin Sullivan's kid in 1979 was like versus your son who probably had it was, probably was like a rock star having you as a dad. Um, but um, tell me about what the effect of your being on TV has had on your boy. Nothing. <laughs> like legitimately, I feel like nothing because I'm dad to him. And I... I it's so cliche to say, but I feel like I have the best father-son relationship more than any other dad. Like it's it's crazy how close he and I are. I am, but I'm literally just dad. There's been once in nine years of his life now. There's been one time where he's asked, "Hey, dad, can you sign this?" It was like a trading card or something. Uh, because he's and he's told people no. He's told no. That's just my dad. Nah, I never know. Right, but even like going going to events and 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 going to the arenas and stuff. It's the coolest thing ever. Like now with me running my company, uh, he's setting up the ring. He's ru he's running the merch table. He's doing jackets. He's he's he loves it. He truly loves it. But um, you know, going going to shows 
like he'll the last time WWE was in the area, he went with me and was he was just he was like yeah, I'll, I'll, I'd like to. He wanted to meet Braun and he wanted to meet uh, Ronda, and that's that was it was a it was a live event. But then he goes, can we just watch the show? I said, yeah, let's just watch it. Like, yeah, he, it's just, he, loved, he just wanted he to watch it. it. That's interesting. Yeah, he just loves, he loves wrestling. You were a young dad. Uh, yeah, he's he's nine. I So I was 20, I was 23 when I had when we had him. By today's standards, that's young. Crazy young in reality. Yeah, I mean, not, not teen mom young, but yeah, young. But were you were you scared because of the road demands and fearing being absent and all that stuff? I didn't. I was I I was afraid of him being a midget, a midget himself. Um. So we got her tested early, like six months in. Oh yeah. Um. And then I was scared of. I think I was more scared of her and I's relationship because it was so rocky because I knew no matter what I would be his dad. And I was, I was like ready instantly a few months in. I was like, fuck, I gotta be a dad no matter what. Now this is gonna, I gotta be awesome at it. But, but wrestling didn't make you afraid at all because you'd be all over the country and no, because I knew there was nothing that was going to, I wasn't ever going to say, hey, maybe I shouldn't do this. Right. I had to do it. Was, um, so you, uh, you mentioned your mom not being in your life, right? Yep. What were the, uh, best and worst parenting decisions you learned from watching your parents? Uh, I talk about it in the book. The only, I mean, my dad is the only, the only person. I mean, my, my stepmom, she molded me quite a bit, but, uh, and, and she was, she was the one that, you know, she was my mom. I call her mom to this day, but my dad like legitimately made me who I am. Um, just like how he treated other people and how awesome he is there and how much she literally did anything to make sure when it was just him, he and I, when my parents got divorced, it was just he and I. He picked up a second job. He did all of this stuff just to make sure I had no worries. And but every day, every day I'm with him, I learn something new about life. And again, very cliche, but he's he's my hero, and he always will be. Is your son your son lives with you? Are you separated from the mom? What's the? Yeah, separated. It's fifty. We have fifty fifty custody, um, but I have him. 90% of the time I'm home when I'm home I have them did your um did wrestling uh contribute to the demise of that relationship oh yeah for sure really uh, um yeah my uh unfaithfulness well that's that not time. wrestling that's you brother yeah but the the spotlight and the traveling it doesn't help um but no it was it was obviously it's my it's my choice I would say the wrestling schedule didn't help with our relationship. Right. So you might have had a shot if you were doing something else. If you were working in Target, stocking the bottom shelf, as Finley said. As I always did. (laughs) Uh, I still don't think it would have worked out in the end. Okay. Um, 
Biggest payday in WWE. What was it? Mania 20. Uh, no, DX. Uh, DX merch slash video game. Oh, okay. So, all right. You're, so you're counting all the ancillary stuff too. Yeah. So, like, what kind of money's there now for dolls and 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 is is it still the crazy money? Uh, I know for the video games, I'm pretty sure it's a little lower because they put so many guys in the games now. Right. And it's it's and video game sales are down. But as far as the the toys and that, I think it's still as it was. So take me through this. So so you get put on a salary. You get you get you get like you're working for WWE now. So you're yep. getting X amount a year. All right. Let's just pull a number out and say two hundred thousand dollars a year. I would have wished. But now, well, we're moving you higher on the card. No pun intended. Um, you you now beyond that. All that other stuff is gravy, right? A video game, if that's another $20,000, if a doll is another... Th- it's literally essentially like a bonus check. Right. That that counts nowhere in that 200000 That's all additional monies, right? Correct. And it's 1099 so they take no taxes out. Is that true? Uh, I mean, you have to pay in per... No, no, correct. Correct. Your check They're, is... It's, they, 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 they take it all for licenses. You're a, an independent contractor, so you got to do your own yeah. taxes. Which, How many morons in this business blow all those checks and then April 15th comes and they're fucked? Uh, so I didn't do that, but the first year um, working there, the first tax season, I didn't realize. Like I, I went to my small town tax person, and she just filed for Wisconsin. Oh. And not every state and every country. And it, I, it, it literally, I had like five thousand dollars in my bank to my name. Right. It almost, it almost bankrupted me. Was, uh, was this accountant featured on Making a Murderer at any time? Was, <laughs> was, you know that that show gets brought up to me all the time, and yeah. I still have yet to watch it. Well, you uh, should. My, my, my first main girlfriend bought her car from him. We when I lived with her, it was seven minutes from that place while all that stuff was going on. This is the true backwards. I talked to you about this when we were together one time. Yeah. I said Manitowoc County, right? Is that the Manitowoc? Yeah, whatever. Um, I said, I said, is it? Are they just cherry picking the the biggest night crawlers to interview for this, or is the whole county like this? And you said, very small part of the county. Uh, is actually like that. I hope that's true. No, 100%. They, uh, I don't know if I would say cherry-picked, but they definitely got the uh, the bumpkin of the bumpkin. Oh, yeah. You should watch it just for entertainment. Uh, I mean, I, I, if people I, I are dead. but I will, but it just, I never, I find something else. People don't realize, I want to bring this up just because it's a, a human interest point. When you're an entertainer, you have to file taxes everywhere you worked so if you're in the nba and you play in 25 cities that year you're filing in 25 states i have from just residuals and this is the stupidest thing from movie you've done movies so i guess you experienced this if i was not working the day they shot in that state because that production shot there i have to fucking file so if I do a day in a studio in Manhattan, I'm obviously filing New York and New Jersey, where I live. Yeah. But 
if they shot in New Mexico, I get a New Mexico W-2 also. It's horrible. Yeah. We have to change yeah. the laws. Um, fan interactions. You mentioned being patted on the head a little bit. Um, yeah. Is it mostly love, though, these days? Wrestling. Nobody's mad at anyone in wrestling anymore except Vince Russo for some reason. But nobody hates anybody. The fans don't want to string anybody up. It's all I mean, love, right? From the fans, yeah. Jim Ra- or Jim Cornette hates everyone. Well, Corny hates everybody. He's just wired that way. Uh, but but from fan interaction, uh, from from fans though, yeah, um, they just love you guys now. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think so. Um, and the thing is, the ones that don't will love you in person. They'll they'll shit on you on Twitter, but they don't have any balls to hate on you in person. Um. And the kids must love you. That's a windfall of cash. Man, Charging those thing. kids. You should charge that's kids for little... You should make all these little gimmicks and sell them to the parents. The kids would eat them up. Totally take advantage of these kids. I mean, yeah, I, I still travel with ring-worn hats every Absolutely. weekend. Oh, that's phenomenal. Look at you. You're fucking old school. You're practically Eric Sims. You know what I saw that scumbag do? Oh, fuck you. <laughs> you know what I saw that guy do? We were shooting one day with, like, Al Snow, just uh, somebody, and, and he keeps yeah. going into the hallway to the uh, to the housekeeper. He's like, I need more towels. I, I, I love to be dry. I need more towels. I take many showers. He's stockpiling towels, and he's not giving any explanation. I find out later he's got Val Venus at a signing the next day, the yep. guy emptied the Marriott of towels yep. to have Val, Val yeah. Venus sign. You're one in the same yep. with your fucking hats. Listen, um, friends in the business. I mean, we heard from all of them during you shoot under different names. They planted questions all day long. If anyone hasn't seen Dylan's you shoot, it's tremendous. Who who did Holy we who shit. did we definitely get? I know I know we got right. what Kofi got in. Who else got in? Uh, Kofi. There was a there was a hodgepodge of. Hawkins, who was trying to sleep on the floor. Oh, he was there for it, too, so he gave it away. Yeah, he was trying to sleep on the floor while I was shooting, and then one of them came up, and he, out of a dead sleep, he just goes, Oh, God! <laughs> um, Hawkins, Kofi, Drew, Ryder, Ryder, Dolph, and Tyson Kidd. Okay, Galloway, too? No? Nope. No, he's nope. too he's too reserved for that. He's, yeah. he's too proper. Yeah. Or who are your best friends in the business? Did we pretty much just name them? Yeah, yeah, them, uh, them five, and the, Hawkins and Kofi have always been the closest to me. But uh, yeah, Ryder and Tyson and Dolph. You know what I'm surprised about? You you've traveled the world. You were on WWE television for ten years. You're probably recognized everywhere still. Why are you still up in that godforsaken state? My kids here. My family's here. Move them. Where... You have cash now. I know. If there, if I, I, if I were to move anywhere, it would be Orlando only for Disney World. Well, that's the wrestlers. We all wrestlers have to get to, eventually get to Florida. Yeah, and, but you got to live outside of Orlando, Orlando. Outside of Orlando, anywhere within a half hour of Disney is not a place you want to be. Kissimmee, uh, for God's uh, sake! I, I love it, man. I, What's your favorite? I go to Disney a few times a year. I'm an annual pass holder. What's your favorite spot? Uh, currently. Toy Story Land. Oh, God. Uh, Why? We went, the, we went for the first time this year. Uh, it sucks because the heat, there's absolutely no shade. But. There's two was, rides, Dylan. It's, it's the slinky dog and the stupid thing that spins for five seconds. I didn't go. We didn't go on the saucers. We went on the ride, and it is the most incredible ride. 
that and pan like the the, the Pandora ride, Flight of Passage. Mm. Flight of Passage, that you, you're not going to beat that. I heard this Star Wars one has, but the Flight of Passage, I don't think you're ever going to beat. Um, or it's so like lame, but right by the partner statue in Magic Kingdom, Landon and I take a picture every year uh, and have every year right by that statue in front of the castle. It's always our thing. So it just, but I, I would be an annual pass holder if I didn't have this job. Yeah. Well, yeah. I go for the food now because there's uh, people don't they hear Disney, they think of the Magic Kingdom. There's so much to do yeah. there now, especially with Springs opening, and you got Morimoto. Yep. You've got. We old, went, I took land to Boathouse, and it was amazing. It, I love it. I love Boathouse. And then we did uh, we did the the Void, the Star Wars Void, the via the virtual reality thing. Holy cow, was that fun. Oh, so we, you were just there then, obviously, because that just opened, right? Yeah, no, a, few, a couple of years ago. We, yeah, a couple of years ago, the Void opened. They have a Wreck-It Ralph one right now. It's Wreck-It Ralph and Star Wars. And it was, man, it's you are, It's like it's like laser tag mixed with virtual reality. You're walking through almost like a laser tag course. It's awesome. All right, what are your plans for tonight? What do you do? You gonna down? You gonna go on Pornhub a little bit? What's 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 on the uh, schedule? I'm here? gonna edit. I'm gonna edit a my version of a music video for my show next week, um, which I'm the worst. I'm like the mo- I, I'm not I'm not creative when it comes to like artsy fartsy stuff, but I always just put clips together for our show. Uh, tomorrow I have to wake up early, day two of recording my audiobook. So how grueling is that, man? I mean, it's. I hate, I, hate, I hate it because two things. One, I've read this book a lot, and I'm, I'm like, I don't want to edit it myself, like, and, like, like, and second guess the final product. And two, I hate my voice. I hate my voice so, so much. So do we. Yeah. I, I hate it, and I always hear a lisp and all of this stuff. So I... But you got to read it. But you got to read it. You wrote it. We want to hear yeah, the author. That's what, that's what everyone's literally, the publishing company and the literary agency all told me, like, it's going to be so much better if you do it. And my buddies and my family are like, yeah, you got to do this. It's, it's people want to hear you read it. It's not the recording that's arduous, I think. It's the editing. It's, I mean, I've written six books. I did audio for four. And it's the editing that is ungodly oh thankfully i'm not doing that i'm literally just reading it and oh, trying God. to get trying to get when i got through twice today in, in five chapters i got through two paragraphs without having to redo anything i felt like i was on cloud nine when i did that i was like man this is the best i'm the smartest man in the world and then i hiccup over there five times mm-hmm. yeah, it happens um, what's uh, where can we? The book is available everywhere, right? Obviously, the book right? It's available literally everywhere now. Amazon, ecwpress.com, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million. Me, when I'm at local shows, uh, I'll have copies with me. It's it's awesome. Now that you're, I, now that you're in the book game, though, obviously, the first thing you got to think about when your book comes out is what's the next one. No, I won't. Oh, come on. nothing. No. It's so we we made it so um, you know what I would like to do is a children's book. Uh, I would really like to do a children's book now that I did this one. 
like a fun a fun one. You should build um, build them out of more money. Sell them the hat and the book at the, at the at the at Eric's Eric's there table with the towels. Deal. Eric Sims taught you that. Uh, but no, it's it's it comes pretty current. Uh, so it's I can't do one for a while. But it's I, I'm so happy with it. I'm so so proud of it. A um, lot of things like so. Uh, I sent it. I, I, actually, I didn't even send it to him. He picked one up. I sent I sent a copy to Hawkins and Kofi because they did the forwards, and uh, Dolph picked one up, and he he literally got through it in a day, and he goes, it was so good. And so everyone I've sent it, everyone that's I've sent it to or picked it up, has really enjoyed it, and it's just been it's been positive. And I'm uh, for a book. I think for a book about a life story, it's a little different than a wrestling match where you're not going to hear as many negative remarks because it's your life story. But it's been all positive, and I'm really happy about that. Yeah, because it's kind of a commentary on you when someone goes, yeah, I read about your life. It sucked. You know, like, because that's like... <laughs> I kind of I hope for one of those now just because I was like, oh, just to, just to literally laugh, to make me laugh. I'm like, yeah, to be honest, there's times my life did suck. You're right. <laughs> cool cornet. He's always got something nice to say. Yeah, if I if if, if he reads it, ah, that's a piece of shit. <laughs> God damn. All right, brother. Where can we, where can we get you on Twitter again? It's at at WWE Hornswoggle on Twitter at WWE Hornswoggle on Instagram. Uh, my company is ACW Wisconsin on Facebook. Check us out. Check me out. Come to a city that I'm in, if I'm near you. Yeah, rat- check out Kayfabe. My my, uh, I have two interviews on Kayfabe commentaries, a fun timeline of 2006, and no, maybe 2007. You know what was interesting? I picked you up to do those. I picked you up in a mall somewhere. You were doing a signing, and yes. you, and you got in the car. And listen, I had to think for a minute about if there were any uh, augmentations I needed to make in the car. Right, because you, you know, I don't want to say. Hey, can I get yeah. you anything? But your ass is so big that yeah. I, you are actually eye level with me. Yeah. When we drove, everyone, I'm not lying. Everyone thinks I'm, everyone thinks I'm sitting on a phone book. I got he wasn't a standing. If if we drove by you, you'd be like, that looks like Hornswoggle, but there's no fucking way he could <laughs> reach the top way. of that car. <laughs> your little bastard's a good guy, isn't he? Good guy, good dad, good guy. Twitter, Stephen Pritchard, I know you loathe the later years of WWE, but are there more guests in mind for the 2000-2010 editions of the of uh, Timeline? For the record, I really enjoyed Brian Myers' edition. Anyone who's new to the show, new to me, doesn't know, I produce a series called Timeline, the history of WWE, uh, wherein we would profile one performer, WWE performer, for a year in question. So he's asking about the more recent years. Uh, the brand split years, as we referred to them, began to designate them blue and red. We actually never did a red. We never did a raw uh, talent that, that uh, dealt exclusively with the raw roster. But, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's one of those things. The show is different when we do a timeline from those years. I can't go inside the kayfabe era. Uh, I, I find them less interesting to me. Maybe they are or aren't for you. They're certainly necessary for the completion of the 
compendium that we want to put together for you that is the Timeline series. But uh, I find them less interesting. I find them difficult to host, but we got to do them. And I do agree with you. Brian Myers did a great job uh, in his, as did Hornswoggle, in keeping with uh, today's theme. All right, what else do we have here? Let's see, there's other questions. I know there's other questions. Brandon Gabbard says, worst-selling and best-selling shoot you have produced. I don't have the screen up in front of me, but I'll go off the top of my head and say, best-selling, maybe guest booker Jim Cornette, where he booked the invasion angle, um, a close second... Maybe Corny's You Shoot. Nash sells well. Um, worst selling, I, I have to say the uh, the Bombshell series. It, it came just at, at such a bad time. People weren't paying for a la carte programming. And it, it we launched that series uh, right when the, the streaming era was taking over. And people were paying... You know, eight dollars a month for five thousand movies on Netflix, and you know you're being charged twenty dollars for a DVD of of um, of the Bombshell series. So it was uh, it was a tough sell. That was a tough one. But shows like that, it doesn't speak to the uh, to the production. It doesn't speak to how interesting the women were that were on the show, and I don't think it speaks to the series. Because Raven's Wrestler Rescue didn't exactly light it up either, but I th- I think the show is great, and I think that modern shoot fans will en- would enjoy these, but it's got to be in the right form. So I think now that it's all of wrestling is going to a subscription based format uh, for for delivering content. I think shows like these could probably take off again. It's uh, where it's not a la carte programming. It's not twenty dollars an episode. Um, it's much more economical. For you guys, um, I mean, got to make money, though, or it's not going to be produced. So we'll see how that goes. But from a fan standpoint, I think they could get on board with a series like uh, like Bombshells nowadays. Oh, Steve Generelli. Sean, I really liked your story in Cafe about Bruno and his keeping his commitment to your company. I think it would be interesting to hear a segment of your show with Sal Corrente where you could focus on Bruno, Billy Graham, and also the late Scott Epstein. Thanks. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, Bruno Sammartino was booked to be on our show in the Timeline series, and then he was announced that he was, it was announced that he was going into the Hall of Fame. So it looked like we were going to lose this booking. And he did the just the coolest thing and told WWE, I will not be exclusive to you in any way, regardless of the Hall of Fame, with these guys in New Jersey because I owe them a show. I He shook my hand. We didn't get to shoot it when we needed to. That's an entire other story. But Bruno kept his word and kept it to the WWE when they called him to put him in the Hall of Fame. I still cannot believe it when I say it today. How many fuckwads in this business would have forgotten my fucking name if WWE called to put them in the Hall of Fame? I had a fucking guy we were supposed to shoot, and he 
the schedule got messed up. He was over actually at WWE recording a bunch of shit for their network. And when he was done, he was coming to us and we were going to shoot. I couldn't wait. He was late. He was being delayed. They were going long, blah, blah, blah. So I, I threw the other guy in the chair. I did the other show that I had to shoot. The one that was supposed to come after this person. So he came in. He saw me shooting with someone else. I said, hey, man, I waited. It's like 1130. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll get it next time, man. He was like, all right, yeah, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Hall of Fame called. Wouldn't fucking return my calls. This is what I'm talking about. Bruno tells them, I can't be exclusive to you right now because I owe them a video in New Jersey. Unbelievable. It just, you know, you deal with you deal with someone like that and, and just that level of class. And the the guy's a legend. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to keep his obligation to me for his to keep his legacy in place. No one would have ever known, but he did. Spoke volumes. Makes me take anyone else in the business far less seriously when I have to deal with some scheduled bullshit. Keith Gamret. You seem very comfortable with all the wrestlers during your interviews. Do you ever fear any of them reacting violently to any of your questions or comments during the interviews? My God. Oh, the payday. I don't know how many of them have any money in their bank account, but God, if one cracked me across the head. You want to talk about an Academy Award winning performance? Holy shit. I'd have been hobbling out of there. No, I, what do they have to be violent about? They, they know the deal. They all come. They all know where they're coming. They all know where they're coming. They all know the shows they're going to be on. Unless they're being booked by Eric Sims, of course. Then they're, they're told absolutely nothing before they arrive. But they know what they're getting to. Most, most of the guys are good. But besides, I don't... I mean, I'm not a douchebag to these guys. I'm, I'll, I'll ask a hard question or two, but I've, I've done nothing to them. So I don't know what they would have to... Uh, to be upset about with me. I don't know. But but I understand where, where you're coming from. I guess there's always a potential for violence with uh, unpredictable personalities like this. Ted Cunterblast wanted to know how tall Roddy Piper was. You met him face-to-face, so what would you estimate his height was? Well, I mean, I could do a whole show on why Ted has always wanted to know how tall Roddy Piper was. But um, I can tell you that he is um, a little a little taller than me. There's that shot where we are face to face in in the show where he has me stand up and he gets in my face and he's doing the whole like unpredictability of the moment. And uh, I was standing pretty upright, as was he. So if you if you grab that still from the uh, timeline 1984 with Roddy Piper, and I'm five nine, so you use that as a gauge. Yeah, I'm a little fucked. All right, guys, listen. the The fun, the cavalcade of fun, ends. We have to pull into the station here. You all have to get off the party bus. But it's only seven days until the next one, brothers and sisters. Unless you're behind, then you just jump to the next one. That's the great thing about these. All right? 
This has been a production of Sean Oliver Media. Music by the great Kevin McLeod, licensed through Creative Commons Attribution License. And we will be back with you next week with more Kayfabe, stories you're not supposed to hear.